What's up, everybody? This is Sam Minton for Beantown Sports. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Celtics playoffs, the Red Sox recent troubles, the Patriots draft, the not-so-great Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, and Steph Curry win the MVP. This is Beantown Sports. Everybody, what's up? This is your host Sam Minton, the Beantown Sports Podcast. We want a brief little break, you know, nice little vacay, but we are back, and we have breaking news. So our breaking news is that Ted Wells came out with the whole Deflategate report. You know, after all these days, over a hundred days, I believe, we find out. Oh. Tom Brady might have done it. We can't say he did. We can't say he didn't. Like, he might have known, but, like, we don't know. Like, how do you have a report that's this took this long and not have a definitive answer? So we learned some things. We learned that some of the Patriots personnel, McNulty, and I believe Dostremski, or however you pronounce his name, uh, they kind of hated Tom Brady. So, uh, you know, this is looking like maybe... You know, it's what well, looks bad for Tom Brady. You know, they, they said that he most likely did know. They didn't say he didn't know. They said, you know, most probably that he did. But, you know, after seeing what these guys are calling Tom Brady, you know, if you see these text messages, it looks like these guys might have been out to get Tom Brady. But the two main people here are Brady, McNulty, and Dostremski. And, you know, in my opinion, yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to stick with the Patriots on this one. Seeing that after 103 days, you know, I think 103 days it might have been, that we still don't have any definitive stuff. So, I'm going to give you some reasons why this is just BS. So, before the, you see in the report that they did not even check the balls before the game. The Colts, before the game, warned the NFL, but they're like, nope, nope, we're not going to check them. And, you know, Mike Kendall, you know, head of the refs, like, you know, we, we know about this, so let's catch the Patriots in the act and not just, I don't know, check the balls before to see if they're properly inflated. You know, Tom Tom Brady likes his balls a little light, so they're gonna be good for that pre you know the pregame check. But you know, again, science they're gonna deflate a bit. And then when the balls were measured by two different refs at halftime and the end of the game, they just got like absolutely crazy different amounts. You know, whole psi off. Like, what's going on? Do you not ha- even have refs that are capable of measuring the balls? Because it just seems like there's too many discrepancies that that would make this report kind of inaccurate, per se. And number three, we just didn't, didn't do anything wrong. They should have checked before. It's science that they'll deflate. You know, NFL hates us because they ain't us. You know, Barstool's making all that money. They hate us because they ain't us. Kiss the rings. And it's true. You know, NFL's kind of out to get us. But, you know. And then also, they talked to Rob Gronkowski and Rob just flexed on him. So... I, th- I don't think the Patriots are worried about this, you know, it's not a big thing, and I just think, you know, if anything, it just proves that Tom Brady, you know, it did prove that Bill Belichick, Bob Kraft, and all the other guys didn't know about this, and I think it personally proved that, you know, maybe these guys were have to get him, but I'd definitely say that, you know, the Pats have nothing to worry about. 
And just when you think there couldn't be enough breaking news, we have another news story. So our second breaking news story of the day is that LeBron, according to ESPN, he's wearing a head game a headband during warmups. Oh my god. That's it's over. You know, LeBron's wearing a headband now. They lost game one, but you know, he's got a headband now. Like what is ESPN doing? They've reported oh, he from according to a Cleveland newspaper, oh, you know, he, he didn't wear a headband because, you know, he just wanna be one of the guys. What makes a headband like you look higher than someone else? Like the ESPN just covers LeBron way too much. Like I know way too much about LeBron's life. I know that, you know, he was supposed to be off social media, but he looked up perfect booties. Like, like, what is this? Are we seriously that much invested in LeBron James ESPN? But, you know, apparently ESPN is completely in love with LeBron James. But now, it's time for some real news. So now we can finally get to the stuff that matters. So first, we're going to talk about the Celtics, you know. They got some good playoff experience, we can't doubt that, but they got swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, Kyrie Irving performed great. It seemed like, at times, he just couldn't miss a shot. He really proved that, even though this is his first playoff series, that he can perform. You know, drop 30 points in Game 1. It seems like he couldn't miss a shot. And it seems like, really, that the Celtics didn't have the height. You know, Timothy Mozgov was just tearing up the paint. You know, Tristan Thompson. And now you look at those guys in the series that they're currently in with the Chicago Bulls, and they're not performing that great. But one of the big stories of the of uh, that series was that Kelly Olynyk and Kevin, um, excuse me, Kelly Olynyk and Kevin Love got tied up, and when they got tied up, Love sh- Kevin Love's shoulder ends up popping out, and he's out for the series versus the Bulls. And, you know, Kevin Love's like, up, oh, he did this on purpose, you know, Bush League play. And Olynyk en- did end up getting suspended the game, next season, but, you know, Danny Ainge defended him, saying that it was just because they got got uh, tied up, and that, you know, it's just it was a normal basketball play. But then, because of this, J.R. Smith just decides to wail on Jay Crowder, and he gets to spend two games for just giving him an absolute backhand while re- rebounding, and then Crowder ended up getting hurt, and uh, he has an ACL sprain, but he w- luckily will not need surgery. But, you know, overall, you know, the Celtics, they got good uh, playoff experience, and, you know, it was good for guys like Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Phil Pressy. You know, they got good experience. And, you know, Pressy got a chance to play, and he performed he perform- performed all right. But now we're going to get to the Red Sox and their recent struggles. So the Red Sox, they started off the season playing pretty well. But as you'll see, they, they've gotten a little bit of a slump recently. For the first game for the Sox, they versus the Nationals, and they went 9-4. to Mookie Betts, who's been performing great so far, especially last night, which we'll get to, went two for four of a home run, his second home run of the season, and a total of four RBIs in the game. David Ortiz also had a home run and went two for four, his second season as well, and had two RBIs. And the Panda, Pablo Sandoval, went two for four as well. You know, it was a good hitting game for the Sox. And again, Xander Bogarts, two for three with an RBI. And a guy who's really been, you know, a guy that the Sox can rely on, more or less, because, you know, He's not performing like an ace, but he's definitely putting up alright numbers and keeping the Red Sox in it. Rick Porcello, 8 innings pitched, 4 hits, 3 earned runs, 1 walk, and 6 Ks, and he's 1-1 one one for the season. In the next game for the Sox, they once again win 8-7 to seven versus the Nationals. Put Dustin Madroya, he's coming, playing great after recovering from his injury. 
three for four of a home run, his third home run of the season, had an RBI and a walk. And Justin Madison had a tough outing. You know, the Red Sox were really hoping that after his being with the Red Sox in previous years and also being with Cleveland Indians that he would perform better, but it just seems like he isn't doing that well this so far this season. Only got four innings in the game and had an ERA over seven. The next game for the Sox are a rough one. They lose 10-5. to Pedroia went two for four. Hanny Ramirez, who we'll get to his home run total later, has been playing great. Went one for four with two RBIs and a home run, which was his fourth home run this season. And Bryce Harper went two for four with an RBI. Bryce Harper had a great game today. You know, went uh, three home runs, three at-bats. You know, it was a great game for him. You know, national fans got to love this guy. He brings a lot of energy and is also a great player. And then Wade Miley only had two innings pitched with seven earned runs and ERA over 10. Again, the the Red Sox pitching has not been doing well. And then next game for the Sox, they versus the Orioles, and they went 3-2. to two. Ryan Hannigan, you know, ever since Vasquez has been hurt, you know, he stepped up, and he went 1-3 to three with two RBIs and a home run, which was the third home run of the season. And Xander Bogarts, 2-4 for four of an RBI. He's been a guy kind of like Mookie Betts, who, who's performed pretty well um, hitting this season and also helped out defensively. And Joe Kelly, who's, who's pitching all right, you know, his recent starts haven't been good, but he started off the season good. Had 5.2 innings pitched, 4 hits, 2 earned runs, 2 walks, and 3 Ks. And the next game for the Sox, they lose to the Orioles 4-1. the one. Brock Holt, who, because of recent injuries that we'll get to, has become more of a everyday guy, but, you know, he I don't know if he's really an everyday guy, but, you know, he seems whenever he's called up, he performs. So if he keeps performing like he does when he gets called up, you know, he, he could become an everyday guy soon. And Holt went 3 for 4. Big Poppy, Dave Ortiz went 3 for 3 of a walk. And Adam Jones went 3 for 5 as well. And Chris Davis went 2 for 5 with 2 RBIs and a home run, his second of the season. He seems to be performing alright after recovering from uh, his steroid suspension, you know, trying to prove that he doesn't need the juice to hit, th- hit these bombs. And Clay Buckles, 1 and 2, had 6 innings pitched, 1, one and 2 on the season, had 6 innings pitched. 11 hits allowed, 2 earned runs, a walk, and 7 Ks. He's a guy who has not been performing well. And as of recently, he, in his interview, he wasn't blaming himself after a poor outing. He seemed to th- think that he pitched alright, but, you know, if you end up losing, if you end up, end up giving a good amount of runs, I think you got to really look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I didn't pitch my my greatest. And the next game for the Sox, they lose 8-3. to Hanley Ramirez, again, again, he's been performing great until his injury, which we'll get to. 2-for-4 with 3 RBIs and a home run is 5th of the season. And Adam Jones, 4-for-5 with a home run, also is 5th of the season. And he had 5 RBIs in the game. It was a great game for him. And Rick Porcello, you know, again, he's performing well, but he lost this game and had his season record go to 1-2. Had 5 innings pitched, 12 hits allowed, um, 8 earned runs, and 3 walks with 6 Ks. Then the Red Sox and Orioles, they had a shortened game that only was only 7 innings, which might have been why Justin Masterson got a win. And Dustin Madroy went 2-3 for of an RBI. And Masterson, who, because of all the decisions he's lost um, with his short outings, went 2-0, is now is a season record of 2-0, had 5 innings pitched, 3 hits, 1 run allowed, 3 walked, and 6 Ks. You know, surprising good outing for him. And the Red Sox went on to the series with the Rays. And they shot the Rays out, winning one to nothing. Hanley Ramirez went 2-4, for four, as well as Ryan Hannigan, 2-4. for four. And Wade Miley pitched 5.2 innings, allowing three hits, 
with walk four guys, you know, it's a high, kind of a high number. You gotta keep those walks down. Can't give those um, runners three bases. And then three K, three strikeouts for Wade Miley. And then the Red Sox lose to the Rays seven to five. Mike Napoli went two to three with an RBI and a walk. Again, Big Poppy one for four with an RBI, a walk, and a home run. His third of the season. And Pedroia also had a home run. He went two for five with two RBIs and, and obviously the home run. And, and it was his fourth of the season. And for the Rays, Evan Longoria and Desmond Jennings went two for four as well for both of them. Then the Rays once again beat the Red Sox two to one. Xander Bogarts went one for two with a walk. And, you know, it just seems like the Red Sox couldn't done. They just gave up the game. And uh, the Rays, you know, they have some good hitting, you know, with Longoria, Jennings. They're good down there. And even with the loss of Price, you know, it seems like the offenses really have to step it up. But, you know, they're not performing that w- well so far this season. Then the Red Sox once again versus the Orioles. And Mookie Betts went two for three of a walk. And David Ortiz had a home run, which was his fourth of the season. He went two for five with three RBIs. And Brock Holt, again, stepping up. One home run his first of the season, and he went 2-4, for four, three RBIs. And the Red Sox ended up winning the game 7-5. And as well in that game, Henley Ramirez, 2-5 for five with an RBI and a home run, his sixth of the season. And Rich, Rick Porcell pitched a pretty alright game, you know. Six innings pitched, six hits, four earned runs, two walks, and seven Ks. Then the Red Sox lose to the Orioles in ten innings, 5-4. to four. Orioles won that game. Mike Napoli had... Had a nice breakout game, went 3-4 of two RBIs and a home run, his first home run of the season. Hanley Ramirez went 2-3 of a walk. Xander Bogarts went 1-4 for four with an RBI and a home run, which was his first of the season. And Manny Machado went 2-3 for three with, and a walk for the Orioles. And Madison, you know, actually pitched deep into the game. He's not known for, you know, racking up those innings, but he pitched seven innings, seven hits, allowed three earned runs, one walk, and three Ks. In the next game, though, Red Sox got absolutely shelled by the Orioles. Orioles just seemed like they could hit everything, like the uh, the Red Sox were pitching a beach ball. Orioles beat the Red Sox 18 to seven, but Dustin Pedroia had a good game at the plate, hitting three for four. Pablo Sandoval went one for two, with three RBIs, three walks, you know, showing that he has the patience at the plate, and a home run, which was his first of the season. And Hanley Ramirez went two for five, four RBIs, and two home runs. You know, he's been the real bright spot. You know, he's hitting absolute bombs this season. But he's come the recent trouble, and we'll get to that later. But Hanley Ramirez, two for five, four RBIs, two home runs. And those home runs made it eight on the season. And Chris Davis, three for five, with three RBIs, and a home run. Those were, And that was his fourth of the season. Then the Red Sox versus the Blue Jays. And they in the first game beat the Blue Jays six to five. Mookie Betts went three for four of an RBI and a walk. Dustin Madroya went two for three of a walk. Pablo Sandoval went two for two with three RBIs and a home run, his second home run of the season. Kevin Pillar went two for four of an RBI. And Joe Kelly for the Sox picked six innings, five hits, five earned runs, three walks, and ten Ks. You know, he pitched alright, you know, he didn't get far in the game, but ten Ks that's a good number. You know, he's showing the heat right there. And then next game for the Blue Jays and the Sox, the Blue Jays went 11-8. David Ortiz went 2-3 for three with 2 RBIs and a walk. Hanley Ramirez once again 2-5 for five with 2 RBIs and a home run, his ninth of the season. And Pablo Sandoval 4-5. for five. And then Josh Donaldson for the Blue Jays went 3-5 for five with 2 RBIs, a walk, and a home run, which is his 5th of the season. You know, Donaldson's a guy at 3rd, you know, he has some great power at the plate. And he's he's been hitting bombs, he's been having a pretty good season. 
and Jose Batista, one of the MLB players that follows me on Twitter, so I gotta love him. Two for four, three RBIs, a walk, and a home run his fifth this season. It seems like this guy hits bombs, you know, especially when he was hit, had that season where he hit like 40 or 50 home runs, I believe. He was just hitting absolute bombs. And once again, Kevin Pillar went three for four of a walk, and Clay Buckles, another rough outing, 2.2 innings pits, six hits, four earned runs, one walk, and four Ks. The next game for the Sox and Blue Jays, the Sox went four to one. Dustin Madroya went two for four, and Big Poppy went two for four as well of an RBI. Hanley Ramirez went one for four with two RBIs, but three strikeouts, but he also had had a home run his 10th of the season. And Rick Porcello's record went to 2-2. Two and two. He had seven innings pitched, two hits, one earned run, two walks, and six Ks. He's just been a guy that the um, Red Sox have really been able to rely on to const- constantly come out and pitch good outings. And, you know, either it's not it ends up not really being Porcello's fault. It ends up being either defense or the offense isn't performing. But, you know, you can see that Porcello comes out and he's able, able to pitch all right and, you know, at least give the Sox a chance to win. And then... One, the, one of the greatest rivalries in sports, I'd say it's, you know, one, two, I'd say, in no particular order, Bruins, Canadians, Yankees, Red Sox. Such, they're both such great rivalries. The Yankees beat the Sox 3-2. to two. Pablo Sandoval went 2-4. for four. And Alan Craig, in one of his first games, he hasn't been playing mu- that much lately, went 1-3 for three of a home run, which was the first of the season. He had an RBI, obviously. And Carlos Beltran was 2-4 for four with an RB- RBI for the Yanks. And A-Rod went 1-1 one one in his pinch-hit effort. And he had a home run, which was fifth of the season, but more importantly for A-Rod, 660 of his career. You know, A-Rod's been arguing about the bonus that the Yankees are supposed to give him when he reached this milestone. I don't think he really deserves it because, you know, it's not like Yankees are making money off him. He's just, they're not like him be like, oh, A-R-, you know, we're going to celebrate A-Rod hitting 660 home runs. Like, you, you can't because of the whole steroids. Like, the guy who got the ball, he's deciding what to do with it. You know, he said he was on the news saying that, you know, say someone said we want you to blow the ball up, and like if he could get money from you know charities and raise money for charity, he said that's that's an option. You know, I definitely think it's good if he does something for charity, but you know, Dave Ortiz was funny. He was upset that his memorabilia memorabilia was being offered up for the ball. He didn't want to be associated with that, which I thought was funny, but you know. I don't like A-Rod, the whole steroids thing. Yankee fans don't like him. Red Sox fans don't, obviously don't like him. But, you know, I, I just really don't like A-Rod. But the next game for the, for the Yankees and Sox, the Yankees won 4-2. to David Ortiz went 2-4. for four. Dustin Madroya went 1-4 for four with an RBI and a home run his fifth of the season. Pablo Sandoval went 2-4. for four. And Brett Gardner for the Yankees went 2-4 for four with three RBIs. And also for the Yankees, Chris Young went 2-4 for four with an RBI and a home run his sixth home run of the season. He's been a guy the Yankees didn't really expect to perform well, but, you know, he's been playing great in the outfield, and, you know, he's, he's been six home runs. It's an all right number. But Wade Miley is now 1-3 in on the season. You know, he got some he got some innings in. He got seven innings pitched, seven hits, three runs, and three Ks. And then next game for the Yankees, Yankees complete the sweep of the Sox. Hasn't happened since, I believe, oh, wait, six years since they haven't even swept the Sox. And they went 8-5. Jacoby Ellsbury had a great game going 4-4 of a walk. And Joe Kelly had, a, again, ter- not that great of a game pitching. One season season record now, 1-1. One and, one. and he had 4.2 innings pitched, 9 hits allowed, 5 earned runs, and 3 strikeouts. And next for the Sox, they versus the Rays. And once again, 
and the Rays beat the Sox 5-1. Brock Holt went 2-4. for four. Clay Buckles, again, now 1-4 in the season. A guy who's supposed to be your ace is not performing well. 6.1 innings picks, 9 hits allowed, 5 earned runs, 2 walks, and 7 K. You know, it's been really rough as late. You know, pitching, as we were saying, hasn't been performing well. And then in a recent game, Hanley Ramirez ran into a wall and is injured. Has not played yet since injury. And, you know, he's had problems with his shoulder. And if he's out with all the... He was leading the league in home runs, tied with Nelson Cruz for 10, I believe. I don't know. I don't have it on me if Nelson Cruz has hit any since um, Hanley's been out. But Hanley's been a real spark plug for the Sox, you know. He's kind of like Han- uh, Manny Ramirez, where, you know, he's got the hat coming off. You know, he's not that great in left field. And he's been a real fun guy to watch for the Sox. So hopefully he can get back for the Sox because he was a great player to watch. And he was definitely having a great season leading the league in home runs. But next, we're going to get to the Patriots and their recent draft picks. So the Patriots, they had a, a pretty good draft. With their first draft pick, they picked a defensive tackle Malcolm Brown from Texas, you know, I think he's a great pick, he's very similar to Vince Wilfork, both around the same height and weight, and they both had the same 40 time, I believe, um, Malcolm Brown had a 5.02, and Vince had a 5.06, but they're both great players, yeah, um, Malcolm Brown can really help in the trenches, and help kind of, you know, you can never really replace Vince Wilfork, but you can at least try and fill the hole that he left, and in the second round, surprise pick for the Pats, they draft safety Jordan Richards from Stanford. You know, he's a very intelligent guy, um, his coaches say. And he's a captain, you know, kind of like the Patriots. You know, um, A lot of the Patriots players, they like those intelligent guys. And the third round, they picked Janeo Grissom from from Oklahoma. And he's a defensive, ta- defensive end and outside linebacker. You know, he's just a guy who really wants to play high intensity and looks to help Russ on, outside on the edge. And then in the fourth round, another great pick. They picked Trey Flowers, a defensive end from Arkansas, and he's a great run stopper. And then finally, the Pats get to a guy that they needed um, on the offensive line. You got Trey Jackson, the fourth fourth round pick, the 111th overall compared to the 101st for Trey Flowers. And Trey Jackson from Florida State, six four guy, six four three thirty, big guy, helping the offensive line. And he was a teammate of Brian Stork, so he can help him make the transition into the NFL. And again, also in the fourth round, with 131st overall, the Patriots select Shaq Mason from Georgia Tech. He's center and guard, named after Shaquille O'Neal and Akeem Olajuwon. So, you know, with his name, he's got greatness. And hopefully he'll be great for um, the Pats helping out on the line. And he was actually um, possibly going to be teammates with Trey Jackson before he decided to go to Georgia Tech. And the fifth round, you know, Pats, they made another surprising pick, you know, maybe a feel-good pick, you could say. They picked Joe Cardona, a long snapper from Navy. You know, a real surprise pick, and you don't even know if he's going to be on the team because he has to fulfill his duties for the Navy and help out in the Navy. I don't know his exact role in the Navy, but he could be gone for, I believe, two to four years. So that, that would be tough, but, you know, also a nice gesture Jester from the New England Patriots. And the sixth round, the Patriots selected A.J. Derby from Arkansas as a tight end. Again, kind of a surprise pick seeing that you got Rob Gronkowski one of the best tight, tight ends, but you definitely need a guy that can possibly help him. And with two picks in the seventh round, the Pats picked Daryl Roberts 
a cornerback from Marshall, and you know he's a great guy. He's a good zone and also man guy, and you know he's all right corner. The Pats are really weak at corner, and we'll get to another person they released um, this off season. So they're definitely in need. Um, Daryl Roberts to probably even play possibly, and hopefully step up and uh, make a quick transition to the NFL. And for the last pick they pick, Xavier Dixon, a great pass rusher from Alabama. So it was overall, you know, a lot of people agree that it was a good draft for the Patriots. You know, they get guys like Flowers, Flowers, Trey Jackson, Shaq Mason, and Malcolm Brown. Great pick. And, you know, Jordan Richards, you don't see the need. He may have to make the switch from safety to corner. But overall, a great draft for the New England Patriots. And now we'll get to the big event of the past weekend, Mayweather and Pacquiao. So the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, you know... It was a decent fight. It wasn't anything amazing like everyone expected it to be. Everyone expected it to be the greatest fight of this generation. But, you know, Mayweather, you know, all the casual fans who just got it because of the spectacle that became with all the hype. You know, Mayweather's a defensive guy. He does what he normally does. He played great. He was great defensively. And he, with his great defense and his quickness, he stopped Manny Pacquiao from doing what he usually does. He usually throws lots of punches and Manny Pacquiao just wasn't throwing many punches. And we'll get to later that Manny Pacquiao was actually injured. But again, Pacquiao just didn't seem like he was himself and wasn't as quick. Mayweather just so quick. And he played great. He was a great defensive boxer. And neither, it wasn't a bit, you know, a scrapyard fight, you know. None with a mark on their face, you know. It wasn't a great fight as lots of people expect it to be. It wasn't one of those great, you know, like Tyson Ali where guys left eyes swollen, you know, like in Rock in uh, the Rocky movies, you know. It seemed like they barely even touched each other. But Mayweather won by a decision, and he's now a 48-0, and he's probably the best fighter of this generation, you know. He had a, a rough, you know, you could say outside the ring life with with his domestic violence things, but when it comes to in the, in the ring, he he's a great fighter, you know. He may not be a great guy to look up to, but even though he has come from where he once was as a kid to, you know, all the money is now. He's become a real kind of like a, seems like a wrestling uh, bad guy, you know. He just seems like he loves being the bad guy. But, you know, he is, once again, you know, even with all this, a great fighter. And then Pacquiao, we find out, was injured. He hurt his shoulder. He had surgery today and is out for 9 to 12 months. And he lied to the Nevada Gaming Commission. So he's currently being sued, him and his trainers and his promoters, and that's rough for boxing because boxing has been out lately, and they needed this fight to, you know, kind of try and boost interest in the sport, and it didn't do that. And then you have this. The only good side is that you know people will probably buy a possible rematch that Floyd May- Mayweather has already said that if Manny wants to fight him, they will fight again. And I think you know I I probably buy. It, I'm not gonna lie. I might be one of the stupid people to buy it. Because you just hope that you're like, oh, he was hurt, you know, all this. You would like to think it would be a better fight. But again, Pacquiao nine to 12, out 9 to 12 months, even if once he does come back, even if they do fight, you can't expect an amazing fight. You can hope for an amazing fight, but I don't think you could expect it. you got to expect a fight like we had with Mayweather being great defensively and Pacquiao trying to get in, but, you know, Mayweather has to reach and, you know, it seemed like they were all saying Pacquiao has to attack from angles, and he was going straight on. It just seemed like something was wrong. And even in the post-fight interview with Max Kellerman, 
he Manny Pacquiao said I fought I won and it seemed crazy but for some reason him him and uh, his trainer Freddie Roach thought they were they were winning the fight and that's why he didn't go hard in those last few rounds that he ended up losing so you know hopefully if they do have a rematch it will be better in this fight but I'd say definitely for sure Floyd Mayweather if he even if he loses a fight he's definitely one of the the best fighter of this generation but next we get to a better feel-good story with Steph Curry win the MVP so again Steph Curry won the MVP it was announced earlier this week and Steph Curry just an amazing shooter I personally you know I didn't get to see Ray Allen in his prime but I would have to say that you know Steph Curry definitely better Ray Allen you know he's getting out there close to Reggie Miller with how great of a shot he is you know he just seems like he can never miss from three at times you know, in practice, he made like over 75 threes out of 100. It's just amazing what he's doing. And he looks like he could lead his team to the finals. You know, they lost their first home game since January last night. But even even though that, you know, I definitely think the Warriors, my prediction, they make it to the finals. But Steph Curry at 23.8 points on the season, 7.7 assists per game, 286 three-pointers, which broke his previous record in a season. And it was forty, and it was forty four point three percent from three. You know that's just amazing, and I think he's definitely one of the best shooters of all time. I might be a little biased, cause um, he's my generation. You know I didn't grow, I wasn't around with Reggie Miller. You know I got to see Ray Allen in the later years and see him break Reggie Miller's record, but you know I definitely think that it could possibly come down when Steph Curry retires that he is the best shooter to ever play the game, and as long as he doesn't you know either have mess up on or off the court, you know, if, if he keeps that stroke, it, it, it would probably take a stroke for him to uh, lose that shooting touch. It's just amazing what he does. But again, Steph Curry, MVP, well-deserved. Congratulations to you, Steph. So that's it for another episode of Beantown Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at, at bad un- the underscore underscore Minton, and then you can follow the podcast at Beantown underscore pod. Then listen to us on SoundCloud, you know, tell us how we're doing, like the podcast at www.soundcloud.com slash Sports. And also, you can find us on iTunes, you know, rate us, tell us how we're doing here. And you just got to search Beantown Sports Podcast, and again, just comment, review, just tell us how we're doing. Alright, see you guys.